This is an ABC podcast. Hi, Kaya Hanley here, ready for more great stories around the place in another Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up. We do often get phone calls from people who will ask us if we can move people on. Want to hear more about legends fighting hard to help people get out of living in their cars around the Hunter? We'll have them soon. And how Newey has born an ice hockey champion. Let's get into it. There's some good folks working hard to make sure people have a roof over their head every night, including the organisation Our Backyard. Their job is to help people living in cars get back into a house and also help understand the laws about sleeping in your car. The position with the law is it's not illegal. If you're in a public space, you're not trespassing. You may be asked to move on by council. However, you're not committing a crime and you're not doing anything wrong. That's Danielle White, the in-house lawyer of Our Backyard. It's hard to hear, but some people are more focused on moving the problem away from them rather than helping. We do often get phone calls from people who will ask us if we can move people on um, and they've already rung the police or council as well. While attitudes are changing to the way we think about homelessness, there's a lot of stereotypes, including the one about people who want to be homeless. I don't think anyone ever chooses to live in their car. They do it because they don't have any other resources. We often do quite hear stories of people saying helping a neighbour out. Um, we do hear a lot more good stories than bad. Often we we get people approach us saying they might have a room or a granny flat that they might be able to offer someone to be able to rent or house someone that's staying in our service. Getting people out of living in their car and into a house is hard right now. If anyone has tried to find a rental in the Hunter, you can understand. But Danielle says they keep fighting every day. Our goal is to try and get everyone that comes into our backyard into a property, but also our main mission is to support them from going into future homelessness. So we support them for 12 months after we house them. And so we make sure that whatever their needs are, whatever the core uh, reasons for them actually going into homelessness in the first place, we, we, we try and deal with those and we, we don't want them to sort of uh, lead into future homelessness. So that's our core mission is to prevent this perpetual cycle of homelessness, which is such a high statistic. Today is a big day in local history. Who knew so much happened around the Hunter on June 8th? Let's start with the more recent history, because 15 years ago today, this happened. I've never seen anything like this before. It's the main beach of Nobbies. There's, there's a coal ship. It's, it's, it's run aground on the main beach. It's not on the reef, as reported. It's probably you know, two or 300 metres out from where you'd normally go and, and go surfing. Battling localised flooding, wind, rain, because of an epic East Coast low that did millions of dollars of damage around the Hunter... People flocked to the beach to see something unbelievable. It was almost like from a science fiction movie, the huge Pashabolka cargo ship run aground on Nobby's Beach. As I, yeah, as I pulled up, there was a crowd of uh, maybe between you know, 50 and 100 people okay. uh, looking at the sea, shaking their heads. Police are just moving us on. <laughs> the ship is uh, swinging and lurching around in, in, uh, in the water. Two rescue helicopters just touched down. They've done an amazing effort in, uh, in 
in managing to land here in such blustery conditions. Those helicopters were taking crew from ship to shore, but then the question was, how do we get this ship off the beach? It took three attempts to float the Pashabolka, and 25 days after the storm, success. Ladies and gentlemen, she's away. The camera crews quickly shouted, everyone, out of shot, it's moving, and uh, everyone snapped around, and it is moving at such a pace. It's almost out to the ocean baths, behind the ocean baths now. It's just an amazing sight after all these weeks to look down on Nobby's Beach and uh, it's gone. That was 15 years ago. Let's rewind a little further. 80 years ago, something else was happening off our coastline. It brought the fact that we were at war to Newcastle. When we were fired on, that really told the locals that there was a war in their backyard, that they were vulnerable. Wait, the war came to Newcastle? On June 8th, 80 years ago, Newcastle was shelled by a Japanese submarine in the early hours of the morning. Nathaniel Little asked Ron Barber all about it. Fort was able to return fire about 2.25. In the period from when it started, they obviously they were on site. Shepherd's Hill was was the command centre for the whole of the coastal artillery and, and so on at the time. They were fairly tardy in giving the orders. The first salvo had been fired when the orders came through and Wally Watson, who was the battery commander at the time, his response to that was, tell them I bloody well have. <laughs> so so before, fired before the signal even came? Yes, oh yeah. As soon as they were able to see the thing and see that it was in range and that it was still firing, they, they got right at it. Job well done. When you think Aussie sport, footy, cricket, tennis, all the usuals, right? We do a lot more. And we've got champions right here in the Hunter. Meet Ethan Hawes. I'm, I'm sure you can hear my American accent, but I am I am fully Australian. And I'm <laughs> super proud to be Australian. So uh, it means a lot. You know, anytime you get the chance to represent your country at the at the highest level it's it's a huge honor obviously and i'm super you know super proud to be australian and uh, even though it doesn't i don't sound sound australian I, I am i am very proud in case you didn't pick up on it ethan is king of the ice hockey rink he's just been picked in the under 20s for australia and while he plays overseas for the skills he still calls Newey home. You know, I love coming back here um, every uh, every season for the North Stars. Like, I grew up here, and it's just really special to kind of come back and play where you grew up, right? Like, mm. I, I used to idolize the North Stars, and now I'm on a team, so it's just really, really special. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to be able to play in such a beautiful spot. So how does a kid from the Hunter even get into ice hockey? So I actually... Um, moved over to the States when I was about eight or nine. And uh, I kind of played a little bit of hockey at the Hunter Ice Skating Stadium where we play, the North Stars play now, but not too much. Um, but when we moved over to the States, we moved five minutes away from the rink. And so I figured, ah, why not give it a go? And it's actually funny, I hated it at first. <laughs> everyone everyone says that, oh, you fall in love with the sport immediately. I could not stand it. <laughs> it was it was the worst. Like, I was falling over. I was cold. Like, I was like, geez, get me out of here. And then uh, about after a week, you know, you kind of start to get the hang of it. It's an intense sport. A lot of injury, a lot of trial and error, but persistence paid off for Ethan. Just like anything, you just kind of learn one step at a time. But I do think it's one of the hardest like sports to learn, like skill-wise. Mm. It's just, it's really difficult, and you got to have a lot of patience, which uh, I wasn't great at at a young age. So luckily, luckily, I came around. Ethan Hawes and his teammate Connor Schultz will be heading to Mexico. Yep, 
Mexico for the championships later this year. That's just a few of the people making the Hunter a better place today. Have you got someone we should know about? Let us know via the ABC Newcastle page. I'll catch you tomorrow for another Newcastle Hunter catch-up.